Support for Elwood City Limits is brought to you by Facebook. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Twitter. At ECL Podcast. Tumblr. ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com. And Gmail. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. And from listeners like you. Thank you. And my free time. Got to get that in there. Well, Lucas, I know that we've got a we've got a range of ages uh, who listen to the podcast here, but I do want to say for any of our younger listeners, this is a very important time of the year because very soon school is going to be back in. Ooh, no more teachers, no more books. Or wait a minute, I got that mixed up. <laughs> uh, I see it's been so long since I've had to worry about such a thing that. I didn't even remember any limericks or rhymes to mark the occasion. All I could come up with was a summer's beginning. Yeah, I'm so I'm so far removed from the idea of going back to school. Though I'll tell you what, every time, uh, especially this week, uh, here where we live, the seasons kind of come at you out of nowhere. Like it was summer, 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 and then all of a sudden it got dewy and cold in the mornings, and I was like, oh yeah, it's fall now. W- summer's over. And that feeling always makes me feel like uh, like I'm perpetually going back to school. Yeah, now it's starting to get into the, the lower 20 degrees Celsius over here. And uh, we'll be preparing for fall before you know it. Next week, I know, or maybe even already, some of our younger listeners or some of our listeners in university are getting ready to go back as well. So we're going to provide you with a little bit of a, uh, a nice little... Uh, fade into the school year with a look at, uh, well, another episode of Arthur here on Elwood City Limits. Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, my name's Will Young. Lucas Mancini with me once again. Hello. Uh, got a, got a couple of uh, got a couple of Tumblr asks before we get into uh, the episode today. One of which is gonna re- is gonna call upon uh, a little bit more of your expertise, Lucas. Okay, I'm excited to hear this. Let's go a little bit general. So last week, when it was uh, still in the news, we were talking about the eclipse, the 2017 summer eclipse. Uh, this ask comes from Norbert Jr. What are your top? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Arthur- wait a minute! Wait a minute! Like the Eddie Murphy movie? Or what, that, what, no, that's Norbit. I'm that's sorry. Norbit. He probably gets that all the time, so I apologize. Continue. No, no, just the nor- the normal name. Norbert. Uh, Norbert asks, what are your top three Arthur characters most likely to stare at the eclipse? Uh, For Norbert, it would be number one, Binky, number two, Mr. Haney, and number three, Buster. Mr. Haney would stare at the eclipse, but it wouldn't be on purpose. It'd be like on accident. Like he'd be opening his front door and he's like, ah, another beautiful day. And then he goes, ah, (laughs) like his eyes get burned (laughs) out. Um, I definitely think Binky's a solid number one. Uh, I think, uh, what's the tough customer's name that you really like with the hat? Is it Rattles? Yeah. He would, like, stare at the Eclipse to prove how tough he was and then, like, get his just desserts. Like, oh, I'm so cool. I'll stare at the Eclipse. (laughs) Uh, And I guess number three, I don't know. Buster might, but I feel like he would think the Eclipse is some sort of alien. Like, he'd be like those flat earth people that think the Eclipse is all a part of the great hologram or whatever that the government's trying to trick us with. So he wouldn't even, like, care to stare at it. I'm trying to think who would be my number three. Hmm. Maybe, uh, 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 what's Fern's older sister? Or uh, Prunella. Rubella. Rubella. Rubella would do it for some sort of pagan ritual. All right. Not a, not a bad couple choices. I do think Mr. Haney is a strong one, so I think that would be in there, too. Okay, here's the ask that calls upon a little bit more of your expertise. Um, this is uh, from an anonymous Tumblr user. Which Arthur character would most likely be a fan of XXX Tentacion? They say, I, honest, I honestly think the answer might be Arthur. Now, I, I don't know too much about... Uh, this fellow. In fact, I asked I asked you a couple months ago off of the show, uh, kind of what his deal was, and you told me that uh, well, not too many positive things. No, uh, but- I kind of I, I kind of think his whole thing is a little bit corny, but it's definitely not like his. 
audience is totally not me. Like, it's probably for an age range a little bit younger uh, mm-hmm. and probably a little bit more, I don't know, someone who's... I feel like if you're way into Hobson, you'd be way into XXXTentacion. He's like a harder oh, Hobson yeah. in terms of subject matter. I would say probably, like, The Brain, maybe. Like, I bet... The Brain, like, strikes me as he's either listening to, like, Math Rock or he's listening into, like, super technical death metal or, like, XXX. He'd be like, guys, like... XXS is actually like much more lyrical and deep than uh, all the other rappers. You wouldn't catch me <laughs> listening to that little boozy or anybody like that because he's actually got something to say. Like I feel like the brain would be the one to do it. Um, I get where the Arthur idea comes from, maybe because he's got Arthur's got a darkness in his heart with all that anxiety and uh, how he's always worried about what everybody else thinks. And I can see a misfit like that really like feeling X's message, but I don't know. The better question is, which Arthur character is most likely to listen to Lil Uzi Vert? And that one really has me puzzled. Gotta be Buster, right? Buster? I I could see... I don't know. Yeah, I guess, like, Buster's pretty irreverent, and so is Lil Uzi Vert. Uh, I really have no idea. Like, I feel like if, if we could... Oh, if we had to assign, like, each Arthur character a rapper, like, I don't know. For some Maybe reason... Bus- Sorry. Arth- oh, yeah, sorry. For some reason, Arthur's got, like, a Kyle vibe to me. Like, I feel like mm. Kyle is the Arthur of rappers. And then Buster would be, like, I don't know. Lil like, Yachty? Uh, Buster would be either Lil Yachty or uh, Ugly God. I feel like Ugly God is the Buster of the rap game. Okay. You you would probably... I would have to probably hand this over, over to you. I only know a lot of these guys mostly by name. Uh, not so much by by the material, but I, I trust your opinion on this. Uh, I will say that uh, Brain does kind of strike me as, uh, if not a, uh, an X fan, then a fan of, uh, like you said, Hopson, just because of the 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 moralizing and the uh, the the air of snobbery mm. that can that can come of uh, that can come of Hopson. Which leads us actually into our first episode. Thanks for the uh, Tumblr asks there, but let's get into it. Uh, so today we're talking about Water and the Brain, followed by Arthur the Unfunny. So the first episode, it's all about brain, but the episode starts, once again, from the perspective of Arthur. Man, these uh, opening segments, like, this one had me the... M- I was more confused for the first half of the episode being like, what was that opening uh, <laughs> that, I th- that I think I've ever been before? Like, this had, until the very end, almost nothing to do with the episode. It was really confusing and kind of bizarre. It's like a Black Mirror episode or something, like a little Black Mirror episode at the start of this Arthur. A little bit. I kind of see I kind of see where you're coming from. And I, and I tell you, I wrote down several... Uh, f- several sentences here in my notes that just end with a question mark and an exclamation mark. <laughs> so basically the setup is that Arthur is wondering if there would be less fighting in the world or just less turmoil if everybody was just like him. And this leads to a couple of cutaways where, uh, you know, it would in the world where everyone is Arthur, no one would call each other four eyes like they would compliment each other's glasses. Uh, there <laughs> you would made, be the way a, you the way you said that was like John Legend, John Lennon, like in a, imagine a world where everyone's Arthur, no one would call each other four eyes. If only he were still alive today, we could get something like that. Uh, and. Uh, his birthday, Arthur's birthday, would be a national holiday, and there's like a parade going on with everybody, with all of the Arthurs lined up to uh, hail, I guess Arthur Prime, who is in like a uh, in like a crown on a parade float. Which led to my first question: Who is Arthur Prime in this universe? How can they tell? Maybe it's like that Rick and Morty episode where uh, Rick was dating that whole planet. Like they all had a shared collective consciousness. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even really consider though the uh, just the general structure of this Arthur society. I guess in a world where uh, everyone's Arthur, we need have no need for such things. It, it just it just got me wondering of like how do they decide which Arthur to celebrate and mm. what happens when one of the Arthurs doesn't like the fact that he's not being celebrated. Um, and then so kind of and then kind of getting an idea of how Arthur sees himself uh he says everybody would be super nice even the bank robbers and there's a little aside oh, where, this like, is a, so funny where Arthur with like a toque comes in 
and he's just like, "Good morning, everybody. Would you please? Would you be so kind as to give me all your money?" And then everybody politely hands him uh, money in a sack. Yeah, the, the I, you hear uh, someone say off screen. One of the Arthur's goes, "Of course, certainly, sir." Yeah, certainly, sir. It's the bank's money, not mine. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, yeah, so for, first of all, worth noting that Arthur's biggest trait, at least to himself, is that he's super nice. <laughs> so he, re- he really is kind of the main character. He really is the, uh, the point of entry character in that sense. Uh, my qu- another question is, why would there be bank robbers in this utopia of Arthur's? Why would there still be crime in this uh, Arthur-only uh, <laughs> world? It's like, um, I keep just making references off the top, but this is just such a weird, like, sci-fi concept, I can't help it. But it's 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 like uh, in Demolition Man, where, like, if all it takes is one Arthur to realize what crime is, and the other Arthurs are prepared to handle it. <laughs> Murder, death, kill. Murder, yeah. death, kill. <laughs> Arthur's like, where's all the laser guns? Ain't this the future? Wesley Snipes comes in in, like, the Arthur glasses, just like, sir, what is your boggle? My boggle. <laughs> That's God, a great movie. That, that movie is so good. Yeah. Check out Demolition Man if you if you haven't. Um as the bank robber leaves the bank, like uh as he holds open the door for somebody for, for an Arthur, and then they have a baby who is also just a small version of Arthur with the glasses and everything. Why is there a baby Arthur and how does that work? It's, uh, this is where this just goes to, like, one of the Arthur writers saw being John Malkovich, and they had the bright idea of, like, ooh, what if we had a little thing where everybody was Arthur, even this baby? And then, uh, finally, Arthur says, it, the world, it would be great if there were a million me's, but oh, if there were a million... Oh, here comes the Black Beer twist. Yeah. If there were a million me's, and then there's a stampede of, uh... Arthur's sister DW and he just says there'd be a million DWs oh. and then my fi- but my final question is why why would there be a million DWs because it, it couldn't be a utopian society will it had to have a black beer twist where actually everything's terrible because there's a million DWs even in Arthur's imagination he has an inferiority complex nothing can go absolutely mm. right even in his wildest dreams anyway that was really odd and when you think about it very tangential to what this episode actually is about because from there we get an episode about the brain (laughs) i mean they tie back into it later but anyway we'll get there uh the actual episode starts with them playing frisbee in the park it's it's arthur binky francine and the brain and muffy pulls up in her limousine and invites them all to her party at Waterworld. Kevin Costner not included. <laughs> I had to, I, I had to. It's called it's called Waterworld. What'd you expect me to think of? It's you know the the, well, the next thing after you say Waterworld is Dennis Hopper fighting this fighting the Mariner or whatever. Well well don't you remember what Brain said? He doesn't have gills. <laughs> Uh, so they are very excited about going to Waterworld. Binky is excited for a new ride that looks like a lawsuit that's just waiting to happen. The oh, slam I, dunk. Oh my god, it's, Binky it says it's 25 miles long, and like, doing some quick mental math, and you know me, I'm the math guy. I feel yeah. like the velocity, like, the speed over velocity alone would just kill somebody, but then we see, like, the end of the ride, and after, like, going 25 miles... The uh, loose compartments, like the actual floats that the riders are riding in, just splash into the water with them. So they're not even being held to a track or anything. They're just kind of floating in the water next to the people at the end of the ride. It's really nuts. Yeah, like you can see when the people in like this ad or whatever, like one of them is like hanging out of the of the log <laughs> flume, like holding on by their hands. And the end is like a sheer vertical drop into water. And then their log flume, it's not like, um, you know, when you go on Splash Mountain at Disney or something, it's not, you know, like a car that just looks like a log. It's a log and it like shatters in the water. <laughs> It's so dangerous. And you see all the other ones floating next to it. So it's not like it's on a track and it just, like, goes onto the ride again like every other ride in existence. I don't even... The mechanics of this ride don't make much sense, let alone how it was able to be owned and operated, like you said, without a class action lawsuit. (laughs) 
hey, it's at their own risk. So everybody's very excited. It's going to be a fun birthday. But uh, the brain actually turns it down. Uh, and he and his reason for doing so is that essentially he says something along the lines of a, that amusement parks are for little kids and he doesn't care to go. Which right away before we even before we even understand at all what brain's deal is he could have just said he was busy that was pretty rude to just be like no nah, amusement parks are for babies i don't want to go do that brain is at his most like sheldon from the big bang theory in this episode like they mm. literally just write him like Shel- like young cbs's young sheldon where it's just <laughs> like people will ask brain something it, it reminds me this whole episode reminded me of this tweet i saw about like Young Sheldon, where it was like, Young Sheldon's mom goes, pass me the salt, honey. And he's like, ooh, don't you mean sodium, mother? And then it's like laugh track. Uh, That's essentially (laughs) like the exact way Brain's character's written this whole episode is someone will say something and then Brain will over-explain it with big science words. And then we get to some actual content. But it happens like five times. Uh, including this time when he tries to explain that it's for babies, he uses some big old Neil deGrasse Tyson science words to get that point across. I was going to say Neil deGrasse Tyson too. That's unfortunately what I think of when I hear of somebody using big words to be kind of a killjoy. But uh, on their way back home, like brain, brain is left at this point or just on their way. Uh, yeah. Let's say on their way back home. Uh, everybody's talking about times when the brain has been like kind of a jerk to them. And I, I did like how everybody's negative memories of brain uh, conveniently involve him being near the water, but everybody just straight jumps to the conclusion that he hates me or he hates all girls yeah. or he hates all of us. This was like a really fun little segment, especially the way they frame it. So we first, we get a shot from Buffy and she like went yachting with the brain. And then we get like, if you know how people take uh, screenshots from The Simpsons and they remake films with them, like on Twitter, there'll be like four screenshots from The Simpsons. If you were yeah. to screen, if you were gonna make one for Arthur and Dunkirk, this would be prime <laughs> material because literally, like, <laughs> brain, brains in like the the I for, I don't know the official boating term, but he's in like whatever, for lack of a better term, the basement of the yacht, and it looks like a shot for shot remake of that one scene in Dunkirk. <laughs> Yeah, he's below deck. Yeah, and below then, deck, yeah. Yeah, and then Mr. Crosswire is like, you can't escape this, son. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're going back to Dunkirk. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Dunkirk, also a great movie. Check it out if you haven't yet. Uh, yeah, and, and, and then I had, again, a lot of questions in this episode. Why did Brain even agree to go on a boat if, as we find out, he hates the water? Why didn't he just not go? Because it just seems to be Muffy and the Brain. That's true. It's And those are not, those are two characters we don't really see interacting 101 that often. I didn't think about it that much. I was too busy thinking about Dunkirk. Big Christopher Nolan fan is uh, our Lucas. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Brain is is like tying a knot down in the down below deck as as muffy's just like oh there's a there's a dolphin out here and brain's like nah it's that's you know again big degrasse tyson's his way out of it uh the other examples are francine who uh had bobbing for apples at her halloween party and brain just kind of refused to do it and then the last one was binky who uh recounted a time when he and uh, the brain were trying to catch frogs and then Brain just kind of before uh, Binky tells his story, he has what might be my favorite line of the episode. It's like something out of an adult sitcom. It's a very odd line, but Binky goes very matter of factly. He goes, he doesn't hate girls. He just hates all of us. (laughs) Really painted as a misanthrope, and Mm -hmm. then you know, brain brain's about to grab a frog, uh, but then he gets scared of the water, and then he's just like, chasing frogs is a cruel and inhumane sport. And he, he, he uses all of these uh, these dodges to get away from what the real problem is. Like, he's just like, n- like, nah, there's a lot of germs in that water, so I'm not going to bob for apples. Or, like, chasing frogs is inhumane. It really paints Brain as, like, a real wet blanket. Mm. He doesn't seem to be very much fun. Which is why all of, the, all of his friends conclude that it's not even just a hatred of them. They just think Brain's a snob. Oh, he's a loony left-wing snob. <laughs> He's one of these intellectuals trying to tell us uh, how he's so much That's better right. than us. That's right. All, all, all it's missing is like brain flipping off Alex Jones on Periscope and Alex Jones going, you're just an intellectual. You're not an intellectual. 
Yeah, so exactly. That's that's the word is that even though Arthur is trying is trying not to believe it, all of his friends think that uh, that Brain is just a snob. In fact, we get a little bit of a of a montage here of of, of uh, Brain being shunned by the group. Uh, there's a great one where uh, he like says hi to Binky, who's on his bicycle. Oh my and god, Binky like, is like quickly becoming. I remember uh, in the early seasons we realized that Binky was one of the more fleshed out Arthur characters, and now in season two I'm realizing Binky is one of the most, cons- especially in Buster's absence, Binky is the most consistently funny Arthur character. Like in this episode alone, he was hilarious. It's really true. Uh, it's a it's a great line read here where Binky's just like, the brain is saying hello to me. I'm so honored. Thank you, Mr. Brain. Thank you. Like really cutting him down. Yeah. And and Arthur's kind of being shamed away from talking to him as well, just because they are very much against giving Brain any the time of day at all. Uh, we get this kind of weird aside that eventually leads Arthur to the discovery of what Brain's problem is. So Arthur's in his room and DW runs in because she's running away from Arthur's dad who's trying to give her a bath, which seemed kind of out of nowhere. Like, I just have a bit of a hard time believing DW's afraid of taking a bath. Since I don't think it's afraid. I remember when I was a little kid, I just didn't want to do it. Like, I took no joy in taking a bath, and much like, I think it's a pretty common thing for kids to, like, hide or avoid their parents uh, when it's bath time. Uh, It's just like, I don't know why. I I don't really like baths these days, but I remember, especially as a kid, I was like, ooh, I don't want to have a bath, I gotta hide so my parents don't force me to have one. I guess I see what you're saying. It just seemed a little convenient for mm. what they were trying to, trying to get across here. So DW hides under Arthur's bed. Arthur points her out. Uh, DW with a funny line here. She just yells after him. Thanks, Eggs Benedict Arnold. <laughs> Which I thought was funny as well. I was surprised that she would even, even though she got the term wrong, Benedict Arnold, uh, I guess that's probably something in American schools they learn at an earlier age. Uh, than here in Canada, you you don't hear people call each other Benedict Arnolds that often. Yeah, this uh, this is definitely one of the first places where I would have heard it, and the reference when I was little went right over my head. Mm. Uh, and then Arthur kind of he I, I I can't remember exactly, or maybe I don't even know in the first place how he connects the dots, but he's just like it's like people can be afraid of the funniest things. Hey, wait, you don't think that the brain. Wait a minute. And yeah, like, okay. it was kind of weird. Arthur doesn't usually break the fourth wall mid-episode. It's usually a bookend kind of thing. Like, yeah. either he's introducing the episode in the preview. Of course, he didn't do it this episode because we got that insane preview instead. Uh, insane intro, rather. Uh, so it was kind of jarring to have him break the fourth wall mid-episode, look in the camera Jim of the Office style, and be like, what do you think? Did Brain... Oh... And uh, the next day, uh, Arthur is uh, about to see the brain, but then he actually sees Binky behind a bush, and he's getting ready to soak brain with some water balloons. Uh, and Arthur stops him in time and uh, in- informs him, informs Binky that the brain is actually just afraid of water, which is why he's been a bit of a bit of a snob oh, to them. Before is don't right before that we just get a quick moment. Sorry, where uh, Arthur corners the brain about this, and brain won't admit it. Like, he's all cagey about, like, oh, I can't tell you the reason. And then uh, Arthur's like, well, I think you're afraid of water. Or he really challenges him on it or something. And then uh, Bray goes, I have to go. My mom's calling me. And he runs out of the room. And Arthur goes, but this is your house. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a good one. It's really Brain just really getting his back against the wall, running out of excuses. And you're right. The binky scene is right after that where – He's about to be ambushed with water balloons. Arthur stops Binky and, uh, you know, at this point pretty much knows what it is and Brain confirms uh, solemnly that he is afraid of water. And, <laughs> again, Binky being very funny here, like he turns away like he's like he's laughing at him, which was what Brain was afraid of. He doesn't want people to know because they would just he'd just be the laughing stock. But then it turns out Binky is, like, sobbing and, like, drops the water balloons. He's just like, I can't believe I was so insensitive yeah again <laughs> binky the real mvp yeah and, and and again kind of true to his character of like yeah he can be a bully sometimes but he also has a he also has a soft heart and he didn't mean to to bully brain for his uh 
being insensitive, being a, or having a phobia of the water. Although it is a great turnaround here. It's just like, all this time, you were just afraid of the water. What a dumb thing to be afraid of. It's true. He's still not going to let him off the hook fully. Yeah. So this is where the episode kind of goes from uh, everyone against Brain versus now Binky and Arthur are going to try and break Brain of his phobia. And so Binky, not exactly the person I would want to really uh, coach me through something, uh, tries uh, immersion therapy. He tries just to uh, cure Brain of it once and for all. They go to, they're at like the beach or something on like a, uh, um, what do you call that? Uh, a board, not a boardwalk, but like a, a pier, basically. Yeah. And and they're just looking at the water, and Biggie just goes, "Jump." <laughs> you know, like, he, like you know what though? It. Some parents I've read, uh, that's how they get their kids to swim is they just throw them in the pool, and apparently, like you're supposed to fight or flight instinct naturally know how to swim. I'm not sure how well that's worked out or how common that is, but uh, some people subscribe to the binky method of swimming lessons. It's I, I wouldn't want to try it out for myself. I, I uh, Mine was a bit more gradual than that, and I'm a pretty strong swimmer. That's right, swimming uh, level 11 or something crazy, weren't you? Oh, yeah, sl- swimming level 12. That's swimming as high level as it, 12. Excuse me. That's as high as it goes, baby. I got up. I got uh, gave up after seven. Oh, then you're not. You're just not. The, you're just, you're an, you're an intermediate swimmer. You're not That's advanced. Right. Not advanced swimmer like your boy. <laughs> uh, so the next thing they do is uh, Arthur tries a bit bit something more gradual. They go to the, the community pool and Brain's got like his water wings and a and a life preserver around his stomach and they just try to do one step at a time. But he gets spooked. He gets spooked like a horse when Binky mentions that. Uh, uh, you know, the, Muffy's party will be over by the time we get him up to his neck. And Brain has no plans to go that far into the water. Brain probably wouldn't actually like the movie Dunkirk much, now that I think about it. Uh, I could see him walking out of the theater at some moments in that, if getting water up to his neck is an issue. Dude, I, I was getting close myself, and I and I saw it in 2D. I didn't even see it in IMAX. That's, uh-huh. a, that's intense, especially when it comes to some of the scenes involving water. And you're uh, level 12, so if it spooked <laughs> you, Brain would be really running for the exit. Big time. Uh, the next thing they try is that they go to the aquarium, and Arthur tries a little bit of visualization therapy, uh, where they go to the, the fish tank. The uh, Well, the, it is the aquarium. And uh, so ask Brain to imagine himself being underwater. Vicky is really apprehensive about going to the aquarium. He says it's just filled with thick, it's just filled with fish and dumb facts, uh, which leads me to believe that Vicky's probably be a big fake news guy. You know, he's not a fan of those dumb facts. Yeah, uh, it remind it actually reminds me that I'm going to be going to an aquarium very soon. I'll be heading to Toronto this weekend Ooh. and checking checking out the Toronto Aquarium. I'm a big fan of uh, aquariums. I, when I went to Boston, I checked out the Boston Aquarium, saw some belugas. Uh, it's a fun time. I, I, you know, now that I think about it, I don't think I've been to too many aquariums in my life. So this will be uh, the chance to go to a dedicated one. It's pretty exciting. Mm. Anyway, uh, Brain visualizes himself underwater and doesn't seem to be afraid of it. But also, he is ever the logical person so he has to hold his breath while he's imagining himself underwater because of course he wouldn't be able to breathe under there so he run, he run, he runs out of the aquarium and to catch his breath and mm-hmm. uh it just it seems like that didn't work either uh Arthur and Binky kind of get into a bit of an argument about uh wh- whose therapy worked better and uh Brain says y- you know it's okay there there are worse things a kid a kid could be afraid of like air True. Or school. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's worse, but... Yeah, but I, I still believe a kid being afraid of school over being afraid of air. That's true. Uh, so, Brain, as he's kind of thinking of things he could be afraid of, almost backs into the uh, pretty shallow-looking uh, water fountain, uh, and he does this, like, comedy stage yeah. pratfall of just like, whoa! Yeah, I got flashbacks to DW on the balance beam for a full 15 minutes <laughs> of, oh, oh! Yeah, that's a good point. It really is like, a, oh, no, I'm going to fall! <laughs> but they catch him in time, and, uh... Won't you know... somebody catch me! <laughs> uh, and Brain was pretty scared, and Arthur and Binky admit that they were... Uh, scared of him falling in too 
And then uh, this is actually where the episode begins to wrap up. We cut to uh, Muffy's birthday at at uh, Waterworld. They're going down the slam dunk, which seems to be a little bit less dangerous than maybe it was in Binky's imagination. Uh, Binky and Francine get into a little bit of an argument about, you know, uh, you know, just because he's afraid of the water doesn't mean he isn't our friend, Francine. And then Francine's like, oh, yeah, well, I wasn't the one who tried to make him like swimming. And then Arthur kind of comes in and just like, you're both right. And and also, it'd be boring if everyone was the same, which I guess brings us back to the cold open. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a weird way to tie it all together, you know? Yeah, and I I think it's trying to hit home. Uh, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves with the reviews of this episode, but mm-hmm. I think this episode kind of makes you think the moral is going to be facing your fears, and kind of turns that on its head at the end. And the moral, I guess is that sometimes it's okay to be different it just really does that in a really roundabout way Hmm. uh we of course we get the 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 classic tried and true punchline here of you know muffy saying i hate snobby people by the way arthur where did you get that swimsuit it's so tacky (laughs) and the episode ends with them uh running to uh uh their chair where brain is actually the towel guard and binky says uh, I'm glad that he doesn't like to swim because if he did, the towels would be as wet as we are. And Brain kind of in his uh, he kind of he kind of looked like he might. Speaking of today's rap scene, he looks like he might fit in with uh, being a member of Migos with this like he's got bucket hat, he's got shades, he's got like his uh, Hawaiian his it's like Hawaiian brain over here uh, being the <laughs> towel guard, almost like being the towel guard was an option from the very beginning. So why did we make a big to do out of it? I mean, if you really want to go down that line of questioning, uh, someone says the line that if Brain wasn't here, the towels uh, would be as wet as us. I think it's Binky. Yeah. Um, wh- why? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you have a place to put them? That yeah. Why? Wasn't... I guess someone else would steal the towels unless they brought the towels with them. To be honest with you, I don't. I don't care to think about it too too much longer what, what's, anymore. What's that down there? Is that the script? <laughs> Is that the script for the episode? Uh, why, why did why did DW not want to take a bath? Oh, is is that the script? Do you see the script over there? Email me if you want a pizza roll. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was really I was trying waiting. to put that I was together. Like, I'm I was like, like, what, like, what the hell's the line? I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, just... I was like, what reference is he gonna make? I was on pins and needles. <laughs> All right, that's water and the brain. Uh, no comment on comment on this web zone if you want a pizza roll. <laughs> Ten minutes left. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, so that there it is. Water in the brain. Uh, no word from us kids this week, so we move on to the second one, and it's Arthur the Unfunny, which now that you mention, you mentioned kind of what the moral might be at the end of the last episode, uh, th- this one kind of follows a similar path, but we will definitely get to that in a little bit. This one, the cold open is once again Arthur, except this time... Uh, it's a little bit different. So Arthur comes out on a stage, and he's got a microphone, and he's getting ready to tell a joke. It's very and Seinfeld, the, like, with the spotlight and everything. Yeah, really. It's, it's like very Seinfeld uh, derivative. It's, 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 it's If Arthur was out there in the middle of, like, a hot 20 or something, <laughs> then it would be more Seinfeld. This is him, like, getting out onto the stage, and the whole point is that it's, like, a minute of him trying to tell a joke and just bombing like crazy. And it's a really convoluted joke there's a lot of elements to it there's a, it's like something about a monkey and a banana and apples that are actually oranges and it's just a really long setup to get to the tried and true uh orange you glad i didn't say banana punchline. uh something i like and this comes up a couple times in this episode something i'll always like in kid shows is when uh, someone you only get to hear the punchline of the joke and all the characters start laughing mm-hmm. that's just something that's always been funny to me i think i've talked about this before how in recess there was a running joke where someone would always say that's no kindergartner that's my wife and then they, everybody would start laughing and we never knew what the setup for that joke was just that that was the punchline so i appreciated whenever something like this happened in this episode where it's like this like oh my goodness you couldn't even conceive what this joke was 
Uh, well, actually, I have a little bit of a response to that once we get into one of one of those jokes. And it's so this actually this cold open is a very rare ep- instance of character building where it's like Arthur doesn't really have comedic chops. And, you know, in the end, he ruins the punchline and just walks off the stage. And that's the end of the cold open. Uh, the episode starts doesn't quite start off with a bang, but I did like this. It's uh, Arthur trying to sharpen his pencil, but uh, while he's in his room, but it gets a bunch of like colored gunk all over it and he's he's just like mom dw's been using my sharpener to sharpen her crayons again and uh, dw is really funny here it's just like it's like i did not and it's just like well then how come there's all this gunk in here she just pauses for a second pal did it and then this is like it's like phoenix right ace attorney arthur pulls like an objection at his rock solid defense of pal is that how could pal do it he doesn't have any thumbs. Not to mention that he's a dog or anything. Just that hold, he doesn't have any thumbs. Hold it. Yeah. By the way, anybody who's talented with Photoshop, I'm not saying that you have to Photoshop Arthur's head onto Phoenix Wright, NDW's onto Miles Edgeworth, but I'm not not saying it. <laughs> uh, and then DW with a great, gotta go, and just runs away. Uh, so the whole idea for, it's, this is, uh, we start here. Because the narrative of the episode is that it's based around a letter that Arthur is writing to Buster, who is uh, off on his travels with his dad. So, Which is a really cool framing device, by the way. I really like uh, that aspect of this episode, how it's all framed uh, as a letter from Arthur to Buster. I've, I'm enjoying Buster's role as, like, Arthur's friend abroad that's kind of detached from all the goings-on. And I think it's really giving some of the other characters a uh, good room to breathe. So overall, so far, I'm happy with Buster's uh, move as a character uh, away from Elwood City. Yeah, despite our thoughts on it or whatever they may be, I mean, you, you the uh, the chance of getting a br- an episode about the brain was certainly but would have been less with Buster in the main rotation. But you're mm-hmm. right. It is an interesting way to kind of uh, uh, st- stretch the, uh, the story... The, the storytelling methods of uh, Arthur. So good point there. Uh, so what's going on right now is that uh, the Elwood City Library is looking to do some fundraising. Uh, and they've already helped it out a bunch. Like Mr. Crosswire's raffled off a car. Mrs. McGrady did a bake sale. And now Muffy wants to do a carnival in her backyard. And is looking... I wrote down, uh, you'll get a kick out of this, Will. Because okay. we both used to work, uh, we both worked at radio stations at different times. Arthur's essentially writing a list to Buster of all the things like a radio station write about in their community events section. Like <laughs> raffling up a car. There's going to be a, a carnival. Washer toss. Washer toss. <laughs> I wonder, do Americans have washer toss? Oh, good question. Or do any of our international listeners know about washer toss? I actually think that was something uh, that uh, my girl, my girlfriend, or excuse me, my fiance. I got to get used to saying that. Uh, works with uh, some people who have immigrated to Canada, and they weren't aware what washer toss was. Uh, so she got to explain to them what that is. <laughs> It's a very um, it's very popular here over in our part of Canada, but maybe not where you live. Uh, I actually got to play it for the first time recently, and uh, I'm not a prodigy at it or anything, but it's a lot of fun. Is it is it just horseshoes, Will? Is it just kind of horseshoes? It yeah. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> tell you which came first, the the washer or the or the shoe, but uh, it's basically kind of horseshoes. <laughs> Although the, the the scoring system is a little bit more intricate, but uh, yeah, it's. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Uh, yeah, yeah. All we need is a corn boil here, and we'd have a a perfect uh, community event here for Elwood City. Uh, yeah. So Muffy wants to help by putting a carnival in her backyard, and she wants to do a big main show with all of her friends. Uh, but she's not sure exactly what kind of a show to put on. Uh, Brain here uh, suggests that they uh, have a ride that is a particle accelerator, so that people can see the inner parts of atoms or particles uh and he actually gives a name drop here to simon vandermeer uh and i made sure to look up simon vandermeer who is uh was a particle physicist who discovered the w and z particles and uh won the nobel prize in physics Ooh, it's a little bit of a (laughs) and and uh, and hey funny line here from brain you know uh francine just saying i like that's not that's not possible. You can't do that. And Brain says, she didn't say it had to be possible. She just said the best thing. Mm, touche. Uh, so Arthur 
is um they're you know they're trying to figure out something and but and arthur's like i wish buster was here then he would just say let's all be clowns or something and then uh, but then everybody's just like that's a great idea let's all put on a show as clowns and uh uh, it's kind of Arthur projecting what would be Buster's idea. Uh, you can tell how how friendship goals Arthur and Buster here. They can think like each other on the fly. Uh, so they so everybody kind of not really auditions, but finds like uh, an aspect of clowning that they could do. And uh, Arthur tries his hand at humor, but uh, <laughs> is not exactly successful. So we again we get uh, one of those situations where um, you you hear the end of the joke, but you're but we never get to see hear the setup, so we're not exactly sure where Arthur bungled the punchline. But uh, everybody just kind of looks at him, just like, oh yeah, we get it. So uh, earlier you gave us a little bit of a tease, uh, whether or not. Um this was a real joke or not, or it seems like you had some other information concerning this joke. Did you look up what the setup is? I sure did. Ooh. So I went to the, um, the emporium of this type of humor, uh, R slash dad jokes. Oh man. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you audience and Lucas, I'm going to tell you this joke and let's see if it lands. Let's see if I'm an Arthur or a buster. Okay. So a man who doesn't hear well went to a shoemaker shop and asked the shoemaker, what are shoes made of? The shoemaker replies offhandedly, hide. The man goes, what? The shoemaker repeats, hide. The man goes, what? The shoemaker firmly says, hide. The man says, what? The shoemaker yells, hide, hide. The cow's outside. And the man says, I don't care. I'm not afraid of any cow. Eh? Eh? Oh. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Where where did I lose you? Was it the delivery or was it the joke? Your delivery was fine. It's just... Oh, jeez. I think I gotta go lie down. Oh, man. <laughs> Sounds like I actively made your day worse. Yeah, it's... Now I'm uh... wondering what Arthur... Because, like, the kids were kind of messing... Like... Not only did Arthur say that that was a joke Buster told him and he thought it was funny, uh, but Arthur's dad at some point's like, "It's a really funny joke." Yeah, like later on, he's just like, "It's yeah, it's like I told him that one," and then I'm like, "Really? It's a very funny joke." But of course, he's Arthur's dad's opinion is already ruined because he is the dad in question. In fact, I'm surprised he, that's not where he got it from. Uh, and we run into, so we run into Arthur's problem here, which I actually relate with quite a bit. Francine kind of says, maybe you're just not meant to be funny. And he's just like, what are you talking about? I make Buster laugh all the time. And we have this like, uh, montage of Arthur and Buster laughing to kill themselves. In fact, Arthur once made him laugh so hard, he spit, uh, a milkshake through his nose. But it's uh, kind of that uh, kind of something that you learn as you go along. It's just like just because you are funny to your close friends doesn't mean that you're funny full stop. Like you're comedian funny. Uh, I I totally agree. Like, and that's an important lesson that some people need to learn in their lives. Even myself. Uh, sometimes your inside jokes it just doesn't carry over to everybody else. I'll also say I love how defensive Arthur gets at this moment where he's where he's. Uh, I think it's Francine who pontificates. Maybe they were just being polite, and Buster wasn't uh, genuinely laughing at Arthur's jokes. And then Arthur says, uh, "He had that shake coming out of his nose. Shake doesn't come out of your nose if you're just being polite." No, it's a good. It's a good point, and it's like you say, it's kind of a lesson that is a bit hard to learn. In fact, is a little bit over the head of maybe the kids' audience, which is why I found found myself relating with it, too. It's just like, I am uh, very funny when I'm with my friends, but in terms of being like a capital C comedian, I, I think I would probably flounder. Uh, so I, I, I found that part very interesting. Uh, I like this here. Uh, later on, Arthur goes to his mother and just like, Mom, can I ask you a question? Am I funny? And Mom totally does an awesome like uh presses x for this for this quick time event and just goes there's nothing funny about how you haven't practiced the piano all week and just dodges out of the way did you see what was on his mom's computer no i didn't uh, it was the file system looks like some windows 98 mess 
and it said uh work games files and menu man when life was so simple that sounds almost like windows 3.1 that's basically the index that you could basically fit everything in existence into those four categories yeah. it's either work or Dang. it's games or it's files or menu yeah if only life were so simple so arthur goes to uh practice the piano and while he's there uh kate and dw are playing nearby and like when arthur does a little bit of practicing he starts to do a little bit of riffing uh to kind of just make kate laugh like he starts making funny faces and playing funny notes and we kind of get a hint here of of uh where arthur's uh comedic talent lies and great line here from dw uh kate thinks you're funny arthur and i do too your face is always hilarious oh what a burn from dw and this and the and the Arthur response is one I use a lot. Just har har. har. <laughs> uh, so they decide to give him a little bit of uh, his his friends, I should say, uh, try to give him lessons in uh, being funny. Uh, Sue Ellen tries to teach him how to juggle. That doesn't go over so well. The brain has like a a joke book of science related jokes, which he tries to teach Arthur, but. Uh, he didn't really understand them. I like the reaction from when Brain's trying to explain the joke of just like, don't you get it? Helium is a noble gas. And Arthur's like, oh, what? <laughs> and then finally, we get one where uh, Binky's teaching him how to make faces. And my God, Binky, he's got like the Gene Simmons tongue on him. It's like he's he like licks his own face and it's literally his tongue goes up over his eyes to like his forehead. Binky's like the living embodiment of the Mario 64 menu where you could pull Mario's face around. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> but, but I mean, Binky being able to look at... It's like, he's got a, it's like he's got a pancake instead of a tongue. It's crazy. Arthur even gets professional clowning advice from a returning face, Pickles the Clown. So before we get to Pickles, I just want to say during this whole montage of people yeah. trying to teach Arthur clowning, uh, we get this... And I'm sure we've heard this song before, but it really dawned on me this time. This amazing synth pan flute track uh, where it's like playing pan flute so, uh, samples on a synth. And all I could think of this whole time, I was actually laughing during this whole montage because all I could think of is that one Giant Bomb video where they're playing that Inca game. And it's like Inca people Bull. into the, the night. night. And oh my goodness, if you could find the audio from that and just drop a little bit of that song, it's just a gift I need to share with more people. I would be happy to. it's true and I, you know what i couldn't be happier that the, the pan flute made a quick comeback i want to say in late 2015 early 2016 in the justin bieber what did you mean or uh era and so i'm happy that we had that quick new wave of pan flute for a while i was sad to see it go thank you for reminding me of that i can't wait to look that up when we're done here Inca people looking for a place to go. <laughs> I'm laughing about it now. I paused the episode to go watch that video. I, I, I can't get enough of it. Excellent. Okay, so uh, yeah, Pickles the Clown returning here uh, to give Arthur professional clowning lessons. Uh, but then, and then we get the joke again of like he's allergic to Pal. And he does like the big performative clown sneeze, which is apparently just some great, great continuity. Yeah. Because they uh, don't even really say that like it was something in a previous episode. They just kind of like throw it out there like, oh, yeah, Pickles is allergic to dogs. And then and then Pickles eventually just gives up on him. And like he literally gets into his little clown buggy and is just like, just like, take it from me, kid. Don't be don't don't be a clown or like whatever. And then like drives away. <laughs> 
Well, he actually says, and this plays into the end of the episode. Okay. He says, take it from me, kid. Uh, I think long shoes or big feet and a rubber nose aren't for you. So keep that in mind. He doesn't necessarily say don't be a clown, which will come back later. Right. And, uh, again, laying laying the tracks down for the uh, – the final station we pull into. And then everybody's like, man, if the, the best clown in Elwood City says that you're not funny, then you ha- really do have no hope. And Francine's like, I knew a kid once who I knew about a kid once who had no sense of humor, and he grew up to be Mr. Ratburn. And we get a little Which bit of a, really funny. a transformation. Arthur quickly like grows a couple feet, turns into the, the Aardvark um, equivalent of Mr. Ratburn. And does a American like, rapper in London much? <laughs> oh, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> American Ratburn in London. Ow, Ratburns of London. Uh, again, another. Hey, three great movies, kids. American. Oh Werewolf my gosh! In Although hey, that. I- that one's a little bit for mature audiences. I was gonna, I was gonna say the tonal shift of watching uh, Demolition Man, then Dunkirk, and then American Werewolf in London would give you such short. It would give you cinematic whiplash to the point where your head would spin. But that, but that also sounds like a hell of a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, so we do get American Ratburn in London here, uh, Ar- and Arthur's voice actor has to do. Uh, his impression of uh, Mr. Ratburn, which I thought was pretty funny. This, this again, uh, Arthur being very defensive about either like his perceived lack of humor. Uh, the next scene is him coming to school and, you know, just admitting like, okay, maybe I'm not funny. But then he goes into this amazing filibuster about it's like, like he's it, it's like Arthur's a character at a Hamilton. Like <laughs> all, all it needs is like people to be like, what you going to do, Arthur? He goes, he goes, I don't need to be funny. I'm a rapid old timey filibuster. That's the whole vibe I got from it is that he's like a character from Hamilton. And then Buster steps in the spotlight and now I'm the damn fool that shot him. Yeah, exactly. No, no, now I'm thinking about who would be who in Hamilton. No. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't. I got an episode to do. Yeah, so it's this it's almost reminding me a bit of a moment from the Peanuts or something, like from the Christmas special where Linus steps into the spotlight and does his little speech about what Christmas really means. Like out of nowhere, and this confused me to no end when I was a kid. Like there's a chorus of children humming glory glory hallelujah. As Arthur mm. talks about the virtues of not being funny, and he ramps up to his final line, which is, by not being funny, or, or okay, sorry, I should explain that, like, Arthur talks about how uh, not everybody can be funny, and that means that the people who are funny are able to make, like, TV shows, and people are able to watch them. But if everybody was funny, then nobody would watch TV, so then the advertisers wouldn't make money, and people would go out of business. To which Arthur says, by not being funny, I'm saving the jobs of thousands of people and their families. Uh, This has to be like a reference to something that we're just not familiar with. Because it's all a little too specific. Like, them having glory, glory, like Arthur getting out of soapbox. It might be, but like, I thought it was like really, really off the wall, but in a way that I thought totally worked. Uh... I, I, and it was it's so not something that Arthur the show does, but I liked it kind of going against uh, against the grain a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Arthur getting very self-important and then walking away and then Fern speaking up and going, wow, I hope someday <laughs> I can be as important as Arthur. <laughs> Fun moment that it was uh, Fern who pointed that out. Yeah, and I, and I feel like of all the people who would be touched by a speech like that, it would definitely be Fern, who's For a sure. bit more of a poetic soul, can appreciate a good yarn being spun. Anyway, it gets to the day of the carnival, and uh, Arthur's role is as the piano player, just to provide the soundtrack for everybody else's clown- clowning. Uh, we get an aside here from Francine and Muffy. Francine says, uh, it's like, he he looks pretty sad. I hope you're happy. And then Muffy says, you know, Francine, when I really think about it, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was cold Uh, as ice. We get this great reaction shot from uh, Muffy. It like hard zooms in on her face as she says, I am. Yeah. 
So uh, Arthur starts out by playing pretty normally, and everybody's doing their clown thing. Like Muffy's um, driving a small fire truck, Brain's like spinning something on a stick, uh, and uh, Binky and Francine are doing like physical stuff. But then uh, Arthur kind of spots Kate in the audience and starts playing around with her. Uh, again, like he was doing earlier, just kind of making wacky faces and like playing silly and like playing the wrong notes. Everybody starts getting a little thrown off by it, but then eventually the audience kind of comes around to it and they start to really laugh at it. And at first the kids think it's because they're doing such a good job as clowns, but uh, then they realize that they're actually laughing at Arthur. So Muffy gets a little upset and just like, it's like, cut that out right now. And Arthur's like, oh, sorry, I was just playing with Kate. And uh, but then it, but once he stops, everybody takes that for him being done and they all applaud him. And so they decide to work in Arthur's uh, wacky piano playing with their clowning. And it ends up being a much better show all around. Ar- Arthur's a regular Bo Burnham. Yeah. Like, musical comedian. Exclusively. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it reminded me that like being able to be funny through music. I mean, like Bo Burnham is, you know, a uh like through lyrics and stuff like that but being able to like do comedy simply through playing an instrument can't be easy like doing comedy is hard playing an instrument is hard trying to be funny by playing an instrument has got to be incredibly difficult i don't know will just give me a a slide whistle and i'm funny all day Uh, yeah sure but that's kind of like one one or two notes that you're rocking there (laughs) arthur's making the full like the full keyboards like sing to his whims here so all i I'll... needs a slide whistle and the price is right fail horn but it did you just need a couple Makes anything funny you just need a couple good samples and you and you've got the audience in the palm of your hand exactly so the show ends up going off very well and we get to kind of the end of the episode and the main uh message here uh pickles the clown actually comes back and congratulates arthur uh, Arthur kind of didn't even realize that he was being funny. He was just doing what came naturally to him. And Pickles actually had a uh, few couple of lines here, and it was like almost like a little bit of a paragraph, but I decided to write down the part of it that I thought was the most pertinent. And he says, Kid, everybody's got a different style. Don't be afraid to find yours. And with the, me- the message being, of course, like everybody's got a way of being funny. Everybody's got a way of doing something. And just because there's one way of doing something, such as being funny, doesn't mean that that's the only way. And I thought that that was that. Yeah. And that's actually what Pickles was saying earlier. The kids just misinterpreted it. When he was saying that uh, a rubber nose and big feet weren't for Arthur, he wasn't telling Arthur to give up being a clown. He was telling Arthur to stop trying to be like Pickles and find his own way. Exactly. And yeah, that's, that's how they find out that Arthur is funny, just in a certain way. And then the letter to Buster ends, and there's a picture of all of them with pickles, and he's. We cut. We cut back to Buster briefly at the uh, on the set of The Dark Knight Rises, uh, <laughs> yet again in front of some sort of European coffee establishment. Yeah, with his dad's head again buried in the in the Parisian Times or whatever it is, <laughs> and uh, just reading it and laughing to himself as the episode ends. And there it is, Arthur the Unfunny. All right, let's rewind it back to Water and the Brain. I'm very interested to talk to you about what you thought of this episode. So what did you think? Weird episode, very up and down. Like, I feel like that whole episode is building to a resolution with Brain's character that it never really reaches. Like, and I think it's because it was trying to have its cake and eat it too. I really think this episode wanted to have, it's really the story of three episodes, right? At the start, it's an episode of everybody giving Brain the smile, the silent treatment. Uh, and then it's a basically a series of montages of Arthur and Binky trying to get Brain to face his fears. And then in the end, it ends up being about how it's okay to be different and you should just accept people for being different. But I feel like if that's the moral they were working towards, they should have went about it a different way because it kind of feels detached. Instead of feeling like one cohesive story, it feels like three separate episodes all kind of about the brain. And then, of course, this is all exacerbated by that insane opening, which barely has anything to do with the rest of the episode. I okay, so I I will get the one or the things I liked about the episode out of the way. I thought, like you mentioned before, Binky was once again the MVP of his episode. He really is almost becoming the MVP of the show. He was very funny, and uh, in fact, the moments that he did have kind of played into his character 
uh, very well. And, you know, a couple a couple of the asides were funny enough. I didn't like this episode. I felt that it mm. was it really kind of came together in a way that didn't make a lot of sense. Like from the from the weird cold opening that really raised more questions than it answered and was kind of distracting from the episode at points to just the way that like Brain's character progressed throughout mm. the episode, the way that we got to the conclusions that we got to, none of it seemed very natural. And, you know, compared to other Arthur episodes where it's like you've got uh, kind of one straight line. This one, like you said, of kind of like three different stories in one, it seemed like they were trying to all cram it together and make sense, and it sometimes didn't. And I felt like the the flow of it was very uh, choppy. And by Why, the- Will? Why would the towels have been wet if Brain wasn't there? It doesn't make any sense. They're just sitting on the beach chair. Why would they have been wet? And that's the thing. Like by the end of the episode, we're just like, oh, we didn't have to make an issue of this at all. Brain could have just not swam, or like, if this were handled in any other way, this wouldn't have been an episode. So I don't know. I, I just didn't feel like this had a whole great, like, very good reason to exist. It felt like we wanted to make a brain episode, but we really couldn't think of what to do with him. Maybe because he's not that interesting of a character. But I don't know. I I I, th- I, I think the episode would have worked better. If when in the final moments of Brain going into the aquarium and he's really and this is what I thought was going to happen when he's backing up uh, talking about how you could be afraid of school if he had actually fallen into the fountain uh, and then gotten out and sort of faced his fear and then had a moment to grow that would be. I don't know, a conclusion that it's not a great conclusion, but at least it makes a little bit more sense with the rest of the episode. Uh, the moral they end up giving is that, I guess, the Brain's friends were the ones that grew by accepting what makes him different, but I just don't think they earned that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good point, too. So, yeah, this is definitely not a favorite episode of mine. In fact, I don't think I liked it almost hardly at all, save for a couple things in it. Uh, Arthur the Unfunny was another one. Hey, go figure. I related to an episode that was about Arthur. I'm starting to run into a theme here. Uh, I thought this one was good. I don't think it was terrific necessarily, but there were some good things going for it. I thought that it was, well, funny in places. I liked, and in fact, I liked a lot of the way that it approached one of the themes of just like, you know, not everybody is funny, but everybody has their own way of, of doing something. And I kind of appreciated, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a, uh, something that grows on you a little bit. It's, uh, you know, we've had episodes where the theme is kind of explicitly for little kids, whereas this one is kind of like, well, not everybody can be funny, and that's okay, uh, which is something I kind of struggle with to this day. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm terribly funny, except in the social sense that Arthur is. And uh, then the message at the end of just like, well, just because you're not funny in one way doesn't mean that you're, like, not funny full stop 100%. And you just got to find your own way of being funny or just doing something uh, that you like that makes you happy. And I thought that it was a very nuanced way to to to, uh, to deal with it. Yeah, I think this is it's not like standout or anything, but it's a rock solid Arthur episode, especially concerning that basically Arthur carries the whole thing. Uh, you know me, I tend to enjoy Buster episodes. I intend to enjoy the ensemble episodes. Those are the characters I gravitate towards more. But uh, I was really impressed how this episode has Arthur really carry the whole thing. It's about his growth, and he's the central character. And I think it does it really well. Arthur's not annoying. All of his motivations make perfect sense. Like, he's not worrying about something that he shouldn't worry about. He's dealing with something a lot of us deal with, where, oh, am I not as good at this thing? Do I have to try and be like everybody else at this thing? So I think in that way, it succeeds. Uh, so sure, it's not standout or super memorable. It's a little slowly paced, uh, especially with when P- Pickles starts monologuing at the end. Uh, but I do think it's well executed. And for a show called Arthur, we could use a few more episodes like this where Arthur really carries it. And I mentioned earlier, I think that both of these episodes really have a similar theme of just like accepting what it is that makes somebody different or like. Uh... That sort of thing, and I really feel like Arthur the Unfunny uh, really communicated it a lot better than Water and the Brain did. And it's no no secret at all which one of these two that I really much prefer. 
I'll also say that I really dug the framing device of Arthur writing a note to Buster. I hope that comes back for a few more episodes. It's just a vibe I enjoy. Yeah, I agree. And we'll have and again, I I hope that as well. It'd be nice if we kind of got to play with the way an Arthur story is told. Okay, that is it. Uh, Water in the Brain and Arthur the Unfunny. Hey, thanks for joining us for another look at uh, the classic PBS Kids show. If you'd like to get in contact with us, we would love to hear from you. Here are the ways you can do that over on social media. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits over on Twitter at ECL Podcast. Tumblr, thank you for the asks. Norbert Jr. and Anonymous. If you'd like to keep your questions anonymous, ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr Dot com, or if you don't mind, uh, you know, sh- uh, uh, th- throwing us a line, sh- g- dropping us a line. That's it. If you if you don't mind dropping us a line, ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com, Whatever is on your mind, uh, regards to Arthur, this podcast, and beyond, we would love to hear it. Finally, the ways that you can listen to us, we are on Apple Music. Uh, you can search us up over there. If you could please give us a rating and review, we really appreciate it, especially if that review is five stars. Uh, you can also find us over on our website where all of our episodes are uh, are uh, archived, elwoodcitylimits.libsyn.com. Libsyn spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. And we are also on Google Play Music. And if there's Not any- to be confused with Libsyn, the most satanic podcast hosting hub on the web Ooh, and yeah we uh google play you can check us out over there if there's another service that you would like us to be a part of please let us know that too uh lucas next week we've got us we've got us a big one not just in terms of the episode that we're dealing with but next week uh you know it's been a while uh since we've had a three person show but that's all oh, going to change. Wow. Yes, we have a special guest coming up next week. I don't want to let you know who it is just yet. You're going to have to uh you're going to have to keep it locked on Elwood City Limits, but I will say this particular guest was uh was requested heavily recently during our uh, uptick in Twitter followers. So, check out our mentions and make sure you're here next week because Lucas, myself, and our special guest will be talking about Sue Ellen's Lost Diary and Arthur's Knee. And that's what you can expect, a special guest and more Arthur shenanigans next week. As we begin September, we wish you all the best uh, with your school year. Oh, and uh, by the way, I mean, apologies for throwing this in at the end, but for anybody who has any family or friends that have been affected by Hurricane Harvey in the Texas area over the last week, we wish you all the best as well uh, to you and anyone else you know who has been affected, especially for our American listeners. All the best. We hope you get through this uh, difficult time uh, uh, safely and on the other side. All right, that is another episode of ECL in the books. Lucas, anything else? He doesn't hate girls. He hates all of us. (laughs) That's Lucas Mancini. I'm Will Young. We'll catch you next week with a special guest.